Three times the donkey keeps stopping. And three times this guy doesn't get it until eventually the donkey looks up at him and says, Why are you beating me? Now, animals talk. Is this like Dr. Doolittle? Now remember, this is not the first animal that has talked in the Bible. The serpent talked. And the Bible never ever said, Oh, by the way, this isn't normal, but da-da-da-da-da. This would have shocked the original readers, too. This isn't like something that happened back then, but animals have lost their, their ability to speak today. It's that this would have shocked them back then, too. The point is that God is giving the donkey greater wisdom than Balaam, the great wise prophet, or oracle has. The, the donkey understands, and this is the whole point, that you literally are dumber than your donkey. And God is emphasizing this to humble him. Here's the great magician of the world, and his donkey sees more than what he can see. His donkey has greater insight to circumstances than he does, and clearly the donkey knows its master better than Balaam does. And that's the big point here. And this is the point that, that God keeps making all throughout the Bible. Nature never questions its master always knows where it belongs and it always serves i think maybe this is one of the reasons that c.s lewis used animals in the chronicles of narnia when you read through narnia a lot of that stuff actually goes back when the trees come and start attacking the enemy that actually is in the samuel when david is fighting his own son absalom it says that the woods the forest killed more people than the the soldiers did and so you see a lot of these things where God always uses nature. Nature is the thing that he created and has spoken into existence with merely his word. And unlike his humans who rebelled against him, nature never has. Nature's reaping the consequences of our sin and thrown into chaos. But that's why Jesus says, if they don't praise me, even the rocks will cry out. I mean, even the rocks know to obey me. Even the rocks know that I am God. Because creation has never rebelled against me. It is in chaos, and it is torn up from our bad leadership, but it's not in rebellion against Yahweh. And the point is this donkey recognizes its master, even though Balaam does not. And this is what's being emphasized to him. And God has the power to do whatever he wants, even give speech to the donkey. Now, the other thing it's doing is foreshadowing the fact that Yahweh said, you will only say what I will say. So just like he's putting the words into the donkey's mouth, he's also showing Balaam, I'm going to put my words into your mouth, and you'll speak when I tell you to speak, and you'll say when I say. Balaam is the donkey in this story. And that's the point. The donkey has got promoted, and Balaam got demoted. And that's what God is trying to show here. Just like if you don't praise me, the rocks will rise up and they'll praise. He's cursed. Now, here's the, here's the shocking part. You and I, if we were seeing this donkey, would be like, oh my gosh, like am I dreaming? Did somebody slip a drug into my drink last night? Like what in the world is going on? I need to go to the doctor. Do I have a tumor pressing against my head? Like I'm hallucinating here. But Balaam just starts talking back like it's normal. They just have like a conversation. That's what always blows me away. But what's interesting is that when you read magical texts from the ancient world, 
it is not uncommon for them to talk to animals. The talking to animals is a very, very, very uncommon thing that happens. But it doesn't seem to be a surprising thing to people who consider themselves magicians or sorcerers. It is still uncommon for them, but it's not surprising. Mostly because they believe in the gods. And they believe that the gods can manipulate creation too. Because remember, the gods are creation gods. Ra is the sun god. Set is the grain god. So if the god is, remember in the Egyptian mythologies, your god is the body of a man in the head of a falcon, or the body of a woman in the head of a frog. So it would not be surprising to you that a frog could talk to you, because your god is, is a frog god. Now it's not normal, it doesn't happen, but it's not beyond their understanding. For us, we would think there's no way that could be happening. My roommate is behind some door with a ball horn or something, like acting like this. But for them, it's not common, but yet it's not surprising because they believe that their nature is controlled by the gods. Where for us, we've bought into the atheistic agenda where nature is just a wound up clock working according to cause and effect. Is that true? Yes. But is God still ultimately in control of that? Yes. And so the reality is this is not, you see this happening. Now, we would say we don't believe in gods, but we would say demons. And we know that demons can possess people. And in fact, where did Jesus send the demons after he depossessed the legion from the man at Gerasim? Into the pigs. So we know that demons can enter into animals. So is the animal really talking? Probably not. But is the demon speaking as if it is an animal? Probably yes. Enough times that this isn't surprising to him as a magician. But the difference is, is that this demon is not being controlled by him. This thing is controlling him. And that's very unlikely. Usually demons you can control with the right incantations and that kind of stuff. And so the reality is this is not surprising to him. And it, and it should shock you if that happens to you, but it shouldn't theologically surprise you that that's possible. I still would look for your friends somewhere because you don't want to look like an idiot on some YouTube video. Um, but... It is possible for this stuff to happen. So basically in the end, God emphasizes to him, do not try to play both sides. I am God. I control you like I control the demon now. Or the, sorry, I control you just like I control the donkey now. You are my servant. You do what I tell you to do. And that's the lesson that guy is he's trying to emphasize. And this is the thing that you must understand. Nothing will stop the word of God. You can either fall in love with him and join him and be a part of something really great and awesome in the kingdom of God and then reap the blessings and the contentment and the satisfaction and the joy that he has come to make complete in you. Or as Moses says, to have peace and life to the fullest. Or you can choose to rebel against him and then just be judged and condemned. But either way, he will still use you to accomplish his will. And we see that with Pharaoh. Pharaoh says, I don't recognize who you are. 
Who do you think you are to come into my nation? And then God says, oh, you're going to do what I want you to do. And it says that he kept doing this. We see this over and over and over again. If somebody stubbornly shakes their fist at God and says, you will, I will do whatever I want, God will use them. And he will use them for two purposes. One, because he has the right to do whatever he wants. See, free choice is not your right. You have no rights. And one of the lies that we've bought into in America is that you have rights. You don't. Now, does that mean that I don't think you should get a lawyer and fight for your rights? No, because you do have a constitution that allows you to fight for these rights for the benefit of the people in your community because we are not called to sit by and watch people be abused. We are called to step in and be the image of God and take care of people. So should you follow the Constitution and fight for the rights of the Constitution in order to benefit the American people and protect people because everybody deserves respect? Yes. But should you go out there and fight and kill and stomp on people and slander them and even destroy their rights for your right and you can take this away from me when I'm dead? That's not the cross. That's not sacrifice. You don't have rights. What makes you so special that you have these rights and everybody else in the world doesn't have these rights? The only reason that God gives you blessings and privileges is mostly so that you can give those for other people or have the means to fight for other people who can't fight for themselves. But when we make it all about my right, my right, my right, my right, you've missed the cross. You've missed the agenda of Christ. You've missed the point of the kingdom of God. Do you know who is the greatest, most powerful leader that everybody follows in the book of Revelation? The lamb that was slain. Over and over again, it says that they followed and met praise, and the lamb that was slain is bleeding out with a slit neck is the one that they followed in the battle, the followed in martyrdom, they followed. That is the king of the universe right now, the slain lamb. That's the image that the Revelation uses the entire time, until, except for one chapter. Sacrifice. Sacrifice. Deny yourself, pick up your cross, and follow me. You have rights and blessings so that you can fight for the rights of other people, not so you can just have what you want. And that's important for you to understand that God giving you a choice that God giving you rights, God giving you blessings, and this is a big theme in Deuteronomy, is a gift from him. It is not your right. Your right is to go to hell. The blessing and the gift from God is that he has freed you from your slavery to sin and death, and now you actually have a choice and the ability to follow Christ, and he's giving you blessings and privileges so that you can pass those out, even dying to yourself for other people who did not have it. Because remember, once you were in the darkness and not saved, but you've been brought into the light, as First Peter chapter 2 says. So likewise, do the same for others. So if you shake your fist at God and you curse him, you have no rights blessings and freedoms and gifts are taken away from you in judgment 
And Balaam becomes a tool of God. And this is just as much as God saying, my will be done whether you agree or not, because I am God and I have every right. But two, my hope is to humble you and drive you down so that in the end you will say, oh my God, I was wrong. That's what he does to Job. Job in the beginning was just a test. But in the halfway through, Job says, you have no right to do this to me. I am just. I am right. I don't deserve this. Now, is he technically right? Yes. But the fact that he shook his fist at God was, ah, don't do that. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away willy-nilly. We don't know why because he's an unjust God. That's what he says. And unfortunately, we take that and we put it in a song and we sing it. And then God comes in and smashes them down. And Job says, oh, I spoke once, but I won't speak again. Because when he takes all of Job's rights away and Job is being stripped of everything, and then God shows up and says, I am God. You have no right to do that to me. Job, at least, unlike Balaam, realized, you're right, God, and I'm wrong. And he repents. Now, that's not why all those bad things happened to him. But when all of his rights were stripped away, he didn't like that. And so you need to understand that Balaam is going to do the will of God whether he likes it or not. This is why God says, I put kings in the power and I remove them. God is the God of this entire universe. And yes, sometimes that bothers us that, wow, isn't that a little harsh, God, that you're just going to control people's lives? Because that's the American in us. Nobody else in history or the world would ever think that way. And if you're not thinking that way, then God bless you. Okay, But the reality is you can either fall before his feet and fall in love with him and submit to him and say, not my will, but your will be done. And he will lift you back up and make you the image of God, the ruler and subduer that he wanted you to be. And he will give you great blessings, great privileges. I'm not saying he's going to make you healthy and wealthy, but great privileges, great blessings. And he will give you what you need to help and join him in building the kingdom of God where you will be more alive than you ever have been in your own life when you did your own thing. And you'll have no regrets. Or you can say, screw you, it's better to reign in hell than serve in heaven and reject everything he is. Or as Neil um, Lance Armstrong, the, the biker, who won the Tour de France several times and had a cancer, and they said, what role does, did God play in your curing cancer? He says, God didn't do anything. I cured myself. I won those races. Nobody's talking about him anymore. And he said it strongly like that, too. He got mad. You can do that. Or maybe you don't say it like that, but in your heart, somewhere deep down, you feel that way. And God will still use you. And he will use you because he is God and he will accomplish his kingdom and he will make his word happen. But you won't reap those blessings. You won't have that joy and that contentment. And I'm not saying that he'll turn you into a robot because I don't understand. Somehow God is completely sovereign and controlling yet sometimes we, and yet we have choice. And it's not predestination and it's not free will and it's not Calvinism and it's not Arminianism. It's life. <laughs> God is absolutely sovereignly in control, yet at the same time you have free will. 
or free choice. You don't have free will. You have free choice. Free will means you can do whatever you want. You can't do whatever you want. But you have a free choice. And the Bible actually points to both. That's why both people can find biblical passages and be right. And it never reconciles it, and it never makes an attempt, and never apologizes. And the reality is that's what he did to Pharaoh. Pharaoh had free choice, but at the same time he was being used by God. Balaam has free choice, but he was being used by God. The question is, where do you want to be? The kingdom of God is going to prevail no matter what. The question is, where do you want to be in that process, in that journey, in that building? And you need to look at life that way too. And you need to look at our country that way. Because this is also what gives you hope too. I mean, personally, I don't really like any of our options for leader. But I don't care whether you're pro-Trump or pro-Hillary, all that kind of stuff. Or if you're like, it's the end of America because Hillary was going to become president and Trump is now. God put them into power. Why did he put them into power? I don't know. I'm not a prophet. If we had a prophet today, we would know why. (laughs) But the reality is God's in control of this country. And sometimes he's allowing things to happen as a judgment against us. And sometimes he's allowing things to happen because of a blessing. But you need to realize that, yes, God gives you free choice, but at the same time you need to understand that no matter how much individualism and freedom and liberty in the American dream has risen up as the most ultimate thing in our life today, it never supersedes the sovereignty of Yahweh. And everything is happening in America because God is allowing it. He's completely sovereign and control over all things. And whether he's doing it to judge us and condemn us, like we'll see in lots of places, or doing it to bless us, I don't know, and I have no right to speak to that. But I do know that he's in control. And we can't allow the news and the media to manipulate and control our hope and our confidence and write our theological understanding of the current events. We need to allow the Bible, even though it doesn't speak specifically right now in a prophetic way of what's happening in America, but the Bible has taught us that who's truly writing this right now is God. And if God is judging America right now, then we will be swept up in that judgment, but he will take care of us like he did Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who were swept up in the judgment along with everybody else, but they still found contentment peace and joy and they were used by God in a powerful way and if he's bringing us up into a revival and great things will happen then he will take care of us like but the reality is either way God is in control the media does not determine our future and God will use you either way whether you choose to or not to the question is what will you be a part of Does that make sense? Questions, comments, insights? So chapter 22, verse 36. When Balak, the king of Moab, heard that Balaam was coming, he went out to meet him at the city of Moab, which was on the border of Arnon at the boundary of his territory. Balak said to Balaam, Did I did I not send again and again to you to summon you? Why did you not come to me? Am I not able to honor you? 
Balaam said to Balak, Look, I have come to you. Now I am able to speak. Just say anything I must speak. Only the word of God puts in my mouth. So Balaam went with Balak, and they came to Kirzah-Hurzoth. And Balak sacrificed bulls and sheep and sent some to Balaam and to the princes who were with him. Then on the next morning, Balak took Balaam and brought him up to Bamoth, Baal. From there he saw the extent of the nation. Balaam makes it very clear to Balak what he's getting for his money. <laughs> You're paying me to curse Israel, but I'm telling you right now, I'm not capable of doing that. I can only say what this God says. And Balak completely ignores that. Now, we don't know why. Possibilities is maybe he's not comprehending what Balaam is, Balaam is saying because he's never heard anybody talk like that before about a God. It's possible that he's thinking once he gets into the throes of the incantations and the rituals, then everything will take over and everything will be okay. It's also possible he thinks that once he throws all the Benjamins in his lap, so to speak, that won't change everything as well. So the reality is he doesn't care. He thinks that this is going to happen the way he wants. Because the other thing that's possible is he's a king. He's used to getting whatever he wants because no one says to, no to kings in the ancient world because if you say no... They kill you. And there's nothing anybody can do about it because they have absolute power. So they press on through. 